Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 to 23. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Good morning and welcome to the Central Church of Christ. My name is Jay. I'm one of the ministers here, and I am glad to be standing here once again in front of you. Um, I want to start by uh, a show of hands. How many of you here love to receive advice? Oh, there's quite a few of you guys. I was expecting no hands would go up. Right? Advice is good, but sometimes we don't like to receive them. Maybe because we like to give them instead. Right? You know, there's a lot of people that love to give advice. Preachers love to give advice. Parents love to give advice. You know what I'm talking about if you're a child here today. Your parents probably give you advice every day. And you know what? I'm both a preacher and a parent. So I guess by virtue of that, I love to give advice. So just a case in point, a conversation between myself and my, my boys would, something, would go something in along these lines. They would come up to me and they would tell me, Dad, I need new shoes. I need those shoes that light up when you walk. And then I would go, really? You need those shoes that light up? Hmm. No, they're like $80 a pair. Besides, what's wrong with the shoes that you have now? And then I would go on and I would step up a notch. I would go back in time and I would say, when I was your age, (laughs) when I was your age, I didn't have shoes. I had flip-flops. I wore 15-cent slippers and they always broke. And, but I still kept wearing them. Well, how, how, how do I do that? I fix them. I fix them with thread, with wires, with nail, right? And, and, and we, you know, we, we, we worked at home. We, uh, we, we helped out around the house. Washed the dishes, washed clothes by hand. We dried them on the clothes hangers. We cooked, we cleaned, we did chores for our parents. We did errands for them. We even put firewood in our clay stove so we can cook our food every day. And then you think you have it rough? Yeah, and then I'd go on and on, and I would forget what we're talking about, and I would go, what, were, what did you ask me again initially? I forgot. You know how that, what that goes. You know how that goes. See, good advice is few and far between. But I have good news for you this morning. This morning, we are going to look at one piece of advice. And this piece of advice is from a preacher and a father himself, the wise King Solomon. And the thing is, his advice is different from mine in that his advice is actually good. His advice actually counts. In fact, his advice is actually perfect because it is the inspired word of God. Because it is the inspired word of God this morning, what we're going to look at is less so of a piece of advice and more so of an instruction for us today as Christians. So let's look at that. This morning, our t- the title of our lesson, as you may already uh, know, is Guard Your Heart. And we are an- going to anchor this whole lesson onto the last proverb that was read to us this morning. 
Proverbs 4, verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And from this one single proverb, we are going to expound on our topic this morning. We are going to uh, know about the meaning of what it is to really guard our heart. And we are going to find out the purpose for which King Solomon instructed us to guard our hearts. And finally, out of all the activities that we do in life, out of all the things that we do in our lives here on earth, how, uh, what priority do we ascribe to this very important task of guarding our hearts? Let's start with the meaning. What does it mean to guard your heart? What is Solomon talking about here? Let's talk about that word first, heart. What does that mean, heart? Is he talking about this heart? You know, the muscle, the organ that pumps blood? Not so much. He's more like talking about this kind of heart. Right? Back in the day, in ancient Egypt, people thought that the heart was where emotions and feelings were stored. Why do they think this, you ask? Well, because they found out that their heart rates would fluctuate or increase depending on the emotions that they were feeling. But today we know that that's not true. Today we know that emotions or feelings are processed in the brain. But the heart that Solomon is talking about here, it's not just emotions and feelings. It's way more than that. The heart that we're talking about here is the core of a person, the center of an individual. It is where my desires are from, my thoughts, my, 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 my whole cognitive abilities, my passions, my wants, my will. Everything that makes me who I am is my heart. That's why in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19, we read, As a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. Back then, in the Old Testament times, people did not have mirrors. Can you imagine that, not having a mirror? I'm pretty sure most of you guys looked at a mirror today before you came here. But back then, there were no mirrors. Actually, in fact, mirrors were invented in the 1800s. But back then, if people wanted to look at their faces, you know what they would do? They would go to a pool of water that's clean and clear, and they would look at their faces and they would see what they looked like. So this verse is telling us that our heart is the mirror to our real selves, to the real person. If we want to know what the real person is like, we look at the heart. This is exactly the reason why God looks at the heart. First Samuel 16, verse 7, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So the heart, very important to God. That's what he looks for, is our heart. And now, what does it mean to guard our hearts? That word guard, it means to keep close, to barricade, to blockade, to protect from all enemy, to protect from all outsiders, to protect from all dangers. If we are going to put a picture on guarding our hearts, it's probably going to look like this. Like, I know it's simplistic. I know you guys are probably going, wow, it's not very uh, 
life-changing, but that's what it is right there. To guard our hearts means to secure it from all enemy, to secure it from all outsiders, to secure it from all danger, to watch over it like a hawk, to monitor it, to keep watch over it. And that thought of guarding our heart and its meaning, to really underline what it means to guard our hearts, I turn your attention to this object right here. I'm pretty sure when I flash it on the screen, you will know what it is. If you have a car, you probably have that. Car dashboard. Very important because when you're driving, you'll know exactly what your car is doing, right? You'll know that you know what speed you're tracking. You know if you're over speeding. And in this case, I think we are over speeding. We're going 140 in this one. You know if you have gas in your tank. You know what temperature your engine is. You know if your high beams are on. You know what your battery is doing. And you know if your doors or your trunk are popped open. It's the same thing with guarding our hearts. When we watch over our hearts, we examine ourselves. We test ourselves. We figure out, how am I doing? How am I doing my relationship with God? Is there some things that I need to confess to Him? Is there something that I'm struggling with at this time? Like maybe unforgiveness, or bitterness, or anger, or whatever that is that we are feeling, or that we're experiencing. But one of the things about the car dashboard is that we understand how it's very important, but sometimes we ignore it. Sometimes we ignore it. You're probably going, no, no, we don't ignore the car dashboard. Yes, we do sometimes. Especially when this light comes on. You guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, no, no, it's just a fault in the system. It's not supposed to be like that. The light was just turned on. There's nothing really wrong with my car. You still drive it every day. Like four months later, you still drive it, and the check engine light is there. And then somebody comes into your car and like, hey, your check engine light is on. It's okay. Four months, still, still good. See, we could be in danger with guarding our hearts with that. When our red flags come up, when our conscience tells us, Jay, you probably need to go this way instead of that way, I'm in danger of like saying, no, I'm not. So I encourage you today to pay attention to that. More specifically, for our purposes this morning as Christians, as people of God, when we guard our hearts, let's remember 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. When we guard our hearts, when we monitor ourselves, we examine ourselves and we test ourselves. And it's important for us to realize this morning that when we guard our hearts, we need to make sure that we are guarding the heart that belongs to God. That we have already emptied ourselves of our wants, our needs, our selfish desires. And we have put on the heart and the mind and the self of Christ. That is how we start with guarding our our, our hearts. This morning, before the, the, the reading by Soren, we sang a beautiful song. How shall the young secure their hearts? Right? By doing that, and then doing this. 
by doing that, I guess, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We've seen this verse, verse before many times, but we need to understand that it is a transformation of the mind. Like what we were saying before, we need to get rid of our minds and put on Jesus' mind. We need to renew our minds so that our hearts are clean to start with, so it'd be worth guarding, right? And that's how young people secure their hearts. And believe it or not, young and old people secure their hearts like that. And then we go on to this passage here of Scripture, Psalm 119, 9-11. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It talks about young people. But you know what? It's not hard to figure out that this should not only apply to young people. It applies to young and old alike. To all of us. Guarding our hearts means living according to his word. Seeking him with all of our hearts. Not going astray from what he told us to do. Hiding his word in our hearts so that we don't sin against him. That is what we check for. That is what we look out for. That is what it means to guard our hearts. Now let's look at the second part of our lesson tonight, not today. Why did Solomon tell us to guard our hearts? What, what, is, what is his reason? Well, he tells us in our key passage tonight, uh, today, Proverbs 4.23, he tells us everything you do flows from it. That is why we need to guard our hearts. The original uh, word in Hebrew, the original phrase in Hebrew, Hebrew gives us this idea of a spring, overflowing. So the idea is, Solomon is telling us what is inside is eventually going to come outside. This is why we need to guard our hearts. Our real selves will manifest themselves whether we like it or not. What we say, what we do, how we think, what we decide, everything is going to come outside. It doesn't matter if it's good, it doesn't matter if it's bad. And we know that because Jesus tells us so in Matthew 12, 24 to 25. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Why should we guard our hearts? Because if our hearts are bad, bad is going to come out. If our hearts are good though, good is going to come out. So this morning, I want to encourage you. Fill our hearts with, with good, with pleasant things, with, 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 with whole, wholesome things. This particular phrase, everything you do flows from it, is translated different ways in different Bible translations. One of the translations that, I, that particularly caught my attention was this, from the Good News translation. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Actually, in that particular Bible translation, Proverbs 4.23 reads, Pay attention to how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. What we think is important. What we fill our heads is important. Because it is who we are. 
And this brings to the fore the importance between attitude and behavior. What is attitude? What is behavior? And how are the two linked? You know, as children, you probably uh, heard your parents uh, tell you, mine, you know, you have a bad attitude. But they don't probably tell you about your behavior. But I'm, I'm telling you, attitude is all about what we think. It's all about what we believe and all about our position on a matter. And it actually definitely dictates how we are going to behave. Because behavior is the external manifestation of our attitudes. We have to be careful here, though, because sometimes attitudes don't match behaviors. You know what the Word of God calls that? The Word of God calls that hypocrite. We need to understand that our attitudes have to match our behaviors. Now, if if what we are going to think matters in our lives, because our life is shaped by our thoughts, then I encourage all of us today to think good thoughts. Think positive. Do we want our lives to be positive? Yes. Then we need to think positive. No more self-defeating thoughts. Think positive. No more thinking sinful things. Think positive. The Bible teaches us to think positively. And you're probably thinking, no, Jay. The word positive is not even in the Bible. How can the Bible tell us to uh, think positively? Well, I'm going to show you a verse and you be the judge. Look at this verse. Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The word positive is not on there. But that whole verse is teeming with positivity. God's word tells us to fill our minds, our hearts, our thoughts with things that are good, with things that are noble, things that are pure, things that are of good report, things that are positive. And when we do that, can you imagine? When we heed this instruction to guard our hearts and think positively, can you imagine the quality of life that we are going to have? Can you imagine how worth living our lives would be every day when we think positively, when we think about things that are just good, when we don't pay attention to the things that we don't have and actually pay attention to the things that we do have, when we pay attention to the things that we can actually do instead of the things that we cannot do. Can you imagine the things that we can do for God every day. Amazing. Now, it is important for us to understand what guarding our heart means and why uh, we do it. Now, the final uh, thing that we're going to talk about uh, this morning is, is very important as well because it talks about priority. It talks about what priority we ascribe to this very important task 
that we have today of guarding our hearts. See, many people today in this world uh, pay attention to many things around them, around us. We manage so many things that matter in this life. We are all about wealth management. We are all about property management, time management, weight management. But how much effort and time do we put into thought management? What goes in our minds and in our hearts? How much attention do we put into actually filtering out the stuff that goes into our ears, eyes, the things that we do, the things that we believe in, the things that we subscribe to. King Solomon, in his instruction to us in in this particular proverb, tells us the priority that we need to put into this particular task. This is what he says. Above all else. Above all else, guard your hearts. What does that mean? It means that this has to be number one in our lives. Number one. Think about the bad things that happen in our lives. Think about how, how difficult life is at this time. You know what? We can ascribe that to our thoughts. We can ascribe that to our hearts. And we can ascribe that to who we are as people. Now, I ask you a a different question. How much effort do we put into guarding our houses? A lot. We We have locks. We have deadbolts and another deadbolt and another deadbolt and a, and a chain, you know, a chain. We have, uh, maybe sometimes we have like, you know, those peepholes in our, uh, in, in our doors to make sure that we know who's coming in first before we let them in, right? We have, uh, we have alarm systems in our house. And we even have, you know, those stickers that they give you when you subscribe to their service so you can put on all your windows so people will be like, oh, I, I'm not going to break into this house because they have an alarm system, right? We put fences up, right? And we even have guard dogs, right? We are careful who goes into our house because we want to protect our family, and we want to protect our, protect our possessions. But it's, let's think about that in relation to what we're talking about tonight. How much work, how much effort, how much thought do we put into guarding the door of our house? Door of our heart. Door of ourselves. How much? When anger knocks on the door of your heart, do you let him in just like that? Do you welcome him with open arms and go, Anger, you're here. Please come in. Have a seat at my favorite chair. Stay a while, anger. When lust pulls up in your driveway, sometimes we don't even, we don't even have let, let him come to the door. We greet him in our driveway. Hey, lust. Come on in. Let me help you with your luggage. You know what? You're going to stay in my guest bedroom tonight. Stay a while. When pity wants to party in our house, we tell him, hey, pity, come on in. 
Put all your stuff in the great room. Decorate it however you like. We're going to have fun today. Our hearts are who we are. That's why when we describe people, we say, oh, that's the sad person. That's the angry guy. Right? That's the bitter co-worker that I have. Because it is who we are. We have to pay attention because it is our attitude that matters. It is our thoughts that matter. And to really bring that to the fore, to really help us in our application of what we're talking about this morning, we are going to encounter situations in our lives every day. And it is according to our hearts how we are going to deal and think about that situation. And it's going to spell out who we are going to be in relation to all these situations. We can either think positively or negatively, depending on our hearts. First example, if I'm stuck in traffic, heavy traffic, you know, you, know, you don't have it in Winnipeg. I'm, I'm just kidding. You're supposed to like laugh at that, but okay. If I'm stuck in traffic, I can either think, my day's ruined. It's done. I can be all upset about it. Or, I can say, ha, huh, now is an opportunity for me to slow down a little bit. And Lord, thank you for giving me this opportunity to pray to you right now. Traffic is at a standstill. I'll have a chat with my Heavenly Father. Case number one. Case number two. If I am suffering from a, de- from a debilitating disease or an illness, I can think I'm hopeless. Life is not worth the living anymore. Or I can think differently. I can say, Lord, let your will be done in me. Thank you for this disease. Because now I can show you how much I trust you and I can show you my faith. Have your will with me. Example number three. If I met some success in life today, like at work or just in my business, I could think two ways about it. I could say to myself, self, good job. Pat myself on the back and show people, hey, look what I did. Look what I have done. Or, I can go, thank you, Lord. I did not deserve any of this, but please let me use what you have given me for your kingdom. Not mine. Your kingdom. Finally, if we are having problems with our relationships, like our spouses, for example, the one closest to us, I can either say, Lord, please change that woman. Please change her. Is Linda here today? Sorry, hon. That's just an example, okay? Please change her. Or I can say, Lord, please let me be the husband that you want me to be 
for my wife as we struggle in our relationship at this time. It's all about the mind. It's all about our heart. And it's only going to matter if we anchor our minds and our hearts in God and His Word. This morning, if you will hear God's voice, do not harden your hearts. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 7. This morning, if you are looking at the dashboard of your life and there's check engines going on, red flags going up because maybe you are experiencing problems with relationships or anger or unforgiveness or bitterness or loneliness or what have you, please come forward and we will pray for you and we will help you with whatever you need. But if today you have not given your heart to the one and only true living God, today is the day. Today is, right now is your time. Make Jesus your Lord and Savior today through the waters of baptism as we stand and sing the song of invitation.